Welcome to Lauren Park Living. I'm your host, Anuja Pereira. In each episode, I get to help tell the story of someone in the South Mississauga community who is a difference maker, making here such an incredible place to live. If you are a Mississauga woman in business, Christine Hull is a name you should know. In addition to being the owner of her own enterprise geared at supporting other companies, she founded two organizations that continue to change the experience of Mississauga women. She started the Mississauga and Area Women in Business Network, as well as reviving and leading the Mississauga chapter of a philanthropic organization called 100 Women Who Care. All this while raising three children with her husband and being a contributing member of the community. Christine, thank you so much for being here today. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So, you know, the Lauren Park Living podcast is really about people who are doing um, great things in this community and what I like to call difference makers. And you are absolutely one of those people. Um, It has been, uh, you know, I got to know you a little bit through 100 Women Who Care and Mm -hmm. have really seen all the work that you're doing um, as an entrepreneur and in business. And uh, it's just really inspiring. So I'm really glad to have you here. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, Christine, about your start in business. Did you always plan on being an entrepreneur? Um, I think the entrepreneurial spirit has been in me for since a very young age. I got my first paper route when I was about nine or ten years old, and um, I worked it for a few years. And one of the neat things I recall is that um, they gave you these little stubs to let customers know when they paid, and it wasn't good enough, so I had to create my own stubs. <laughs> but yeah, definitely from a young age, I was paper route. I was babysitting. I joined um, Junior Achievement in grade seven, and I was, you know, the VP of HR. So no shortage of a desire to, to, I think, to lead. My mom would say I'm bossy, but, <laughs> <laughs> or I guess my brothers would say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, one of the things that I think is unique about the work that you do is that they involve um, groups of people, right? So, um, you know, the, the Mob Network, the Mississauga um, mm-hmm. and Area Women in Business, as well as 100 Women Who Care, are really these communal organizations. So what draws you to large groups and, and getting together? You know, in my early 20s, as I was starting out, um, just to give you a little bit of uh, history, I was an application instructor. And so I would teach in large corporations Uh, I would teach people how to use software and applications. And um, on my 29th year, I was like, I'm done working for someone else. I'm done for somebody else getting all the the kudos off of my hard work. And I decided to start my own, go off on my own. But shortly after doing that, I, it was very fulfilling and I loved it because it's been over 20 years now, 22 years, Um, but it's lonely. It's lonely. And I read, an, I read a quote many, many years ago. If you want to go far, go fast. If you want to go, you know, if you want to, sorry, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with people, take people, link arms, join up. And so this whole idea of community really started out when I was very young, uh, being the oldest of 25 grandchildren. Uh, we always had big Sunday dinners. It was always the village. It was always a community. And then going off on my own is very lonely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're on your own, there's sometimes this, that negative self-talk gets in. 
And I just thought, there's got to be a better way to do this. I need help, and I want friends. And I, I loved the water cooler chat, you know, when you're going on your break and, hey, what'd you do? What movie did you see? How was your weekend? That, as a solopreneur, I was missing that, mm. like, immensely. So that that's probably where the need to be with others and form um, inclusive opportunities for women of all walks of life and women at any point in their entrepreneurial um, career, whether that is two days, two months, two weeks, two decades. I feel that everyone has something to offer, no matter how much, you know, experience you think you have or don't have. Everyone has always something to offer. If it's a word of encouragement or if it's uh, a lesson that they've learned and can help others from, you know, avoiding the pitfalls, so to speak. Yeah. One of the things I find most compelling about you is that two of these organizations where you dedicate tons of time are both, both revolve around women. And mm-hmm. I think to get a little bit personal and a little bit honest, I early in my life always felt sort of competitive with women, right? I never really felt, and that might be my perspective, but I didn't always feel the support of women that I feel today. It's taken me time to get to this place. What do you think it is about women supporting women that's so important? We all want to belong. We all want friendship. And um, I learned a long time ago that there's room for everyone at the table. Mm. The pie is big enough for everyone. And if there isn't, we'll make a second where we're all going to sit down and eat together. Um, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, you know, in high school, I did feel a little bit of that competitiveness um the drama stuff and I avoided it Uh, I had a very quiet um high school life and um I was actually quite shy and when I went off to college I realized that I didn't want to be like that and I kind of said earlier I rebirthed myself I I decided this is who I want to be this is what I want to be and in college um I became who, who really the basis of who I am today that hasn't changed just very outgoing. I want to, you know, always live on the positive side, although there's a lot of negative and dark, but I just, I'm always looking for the lighter side, the happier side. Um, and I never want anyone to feel alone. Um, I've always been a big supporter of the underdog, whether it's male or female. (laughs) I just think that, you know, we shouldn't have to go it alone. We shouldn't have to do it alone. And, um, I'm always a big believer in collaboration over competition, you know, community, Mm over competition we will go further together yeah yeah well and i think what's so interesting is you know you're sort of talking about not liking that experience of high school and the sort of mm-hmm. loneliness and and creating that for yourself but you're also creating it for other people right like a lot mm-hmm. of the work you do is to um i know i've experienced the benefits of that like the the collaboration like it, you bring people in, which is a really amazing quality that um, that not most people have. So, um, yeah, I, I consider yeah I consider myself a connector or a catalyst, mm. right? I'm a connector. Every time I meet someone, I want to learn about them, and then I want to figure out who do I know who could help them. Who do I know who they could help? I always that's always in the back of my mind, and I don't do that intentionally it just happens i just want to help people and um yes bring bring others together that may be able to assist 
Uh, I love making introduction, and it's kind of like where you go with it is up to you, but take it and run. (laughs) I just always feel like you meet someone, there's that potential that they know someone you can help, that they know someone who can help you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I want to know a little bit more um, about the the mob network. So can you tell us a little bit about what that is, why it started? So the mob stands for the Mississauga and area women in business. And back in um, 2017, I was working at a direct sales company. I had a team of over 200 on my downline and I loved it. I was training, I was teaching, I was mentoring, I was out doing vendor events. And unfortunately, uh, three years into it and missing many family events, trying to build this empire, the bank um, closed the door. They became bankrupt. And for nine months of 2017, I cocooned. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Everything I'd been working for is gone. Mm -hmm. Um, That title I had, that position, you know, the hierarchy on the, it's all gone. And so I decided just to take care of myself. I was exercising more. I was spending more time with my family. My children were very young at the time. Um, I mean, today they're 11, thir- uh, 13, and 16. Um, but I was, I went deep. Mm-hmm. And I decided, you know, what is it that I want to do? What might, makes my heart sing? Mm-hmm. What do I desire? What makes me happy? If, it was, if all the money was gone and there was no money, what makes me happy? And it's always been about teaching. Mm-hmm. It's always been about mentoring and coaching. So I decided to um, start up in the fall of 2017 um, a VA agency where I could help other small business owners use social media Mm -hmm. and use apps and software. Part of my um, time as a director with that uh, direct sales company, I was doing a lot of mentoring and teaching women who are coming out of, you know, staying home for 10, 15, 20 years with their children, coming back into the workforce, I was teaching them how to market themselves. I was teaching them how to use Facebook, how to use Instagram, how to use LinkedIn. I was showing them um, the tools, the buttons, but also explaining a little bit about marketing and how to brand themselves. Mm. Because of what I learned, (laughs) losing my business, losing my identity, I was like, you know what, you are you and that's never going to change. It doesn't matter what company you're with if you brand you. Mm. So I, I, I was doing that. And so 2017, that started. And um, 2018, early 2018, I was looking for a networking group in Mississauga where I could go in and help people and I could show my expertise. I could invite them to my training classes, which I was running. I couldn't really find a networking group that I, that was really robust, that was moving, that had activities and events. Um, I did come across a Facebook group. Um, I thought, okay, maybe this will work. I sent the Facebook administrator a message saying, I'd love to help. I have experience in these areas. Hey, what do you think? I went to the kitchen to grab a coffee. And when I came back, there was a message there. I was a little bit nervous. What was this message I was going to get? But it was actually Facebook telling me that there was no administrator. Mm. Would I like to be the administrator and take over the group? Ah. I thought for all of three seconds. And I said, yes. That day, uh, January 8th of 2018, I instituted, you know, I did a welcome message. Hi, I'm the new administrator. Mm -hmm. I came up with something called theme days in our Facebook group to help um, engage people, to help uh, ask questions, help people to get to know one another. Because my feeling is that business is not about sales, it is about relationships. Mm. So I really wanted to start with that, building relationships. Shortly after starting that group, um, I had women coming to me saying, when are we going to get together? When are we going to have in-person meetings? 
And I had not really actually thought of that. Um, but by the next month, we were meeting. And it just grew. We had 30 people. We had 60 people. We had 80 people. Um, and I saw the friendships. I saw the hugs. I saw the high fives. I saw women going, oh, finally, I have someone to help me, to do this with me, um, someone to talk to, someone to lean on. Um, it was very magical. I was seeing it from different perspectives. And um, I just kept going. And women, there, we have a lot of women today who were at that very first meeting who are still with the mob community today. We host many events, lunch and learns, training, social outings. Um, in the summer, we've done kids and moms networking events. Um, We've done a lot of also charitable work. Um, we love supporting the Compass Food Bank down in in South Mississauga. So, did I answer your question? Absolutely. <laughs> no, it's great. You know, um, I've attended a couple of mob events, and as like mm -hmm. I'm a social entrepreneur as well. I'm solo. Mm -hmm. um, it's not social. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm a solo entrepreneur as well. <laughs> and so, you know, you talked about that loneliness, and I, I certainly mm -hmm. have experienced it. Um, you know, starting my own business, running my own business, not necessarily knowing what the next right step is. There's so many options, right? And, uh, you know, the one question I wanted to ask you is, you know, being so connected to so many women in business, do you think that women in particular face any specific or particular challenges that our male counterparts don't face? Oh, 100%. 100%. If, if, if I have an event today and my husband has a meeting at the office and our children are sick, I need to stay home. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's now, mind you, my husband is amazing and he would do his best. But for the most part, women, yes, we are the homemakers and we're the ones. Kids got to go to the dentist. Kids need a new outfit like that. That is our primary role um, when you're a mother and an entrepreneur. So for sure, we, we definitely... Um, lack in that area i think of support from our from the male counterparts not saying that all men are that way but yeah. in general for sure yeah yeah i mean in our house for sure there's a, a certainly a different balance of of workload than i think i saw mm -hmm. my parents have but the default is still me right i still know how much toilet paper we have and how much you know what we need in the fridge so i i get what you're saying for sure um you also mentioned a bit about social media and i know you're very active on social media how has that changed the face of business do you think oh my goodness um so i am a social media trainer and i had i adopted social media very long time ago um what 10 years ago i got into it knowing that it was a faster way to reach people um geographically if i miss in mississauga i can join groups that are in hamilton and burlington and owen sound and i can get um i can touch people there without being physically in that space and it's changed even you know so much more since covid um we have people who don't even want to come out anymore they don't want to participate they don't want to drive they don't want to get dressed they don't want to get dressed up they want to do everything via zoom and uh, and that's great for some things uh but i am certainly a social butterfly a social being and i need interaction i need touch and feel and hugs and like i said earlier high fives um but uh, it, it is a lot of good it has done, social media and, and the online world. And I think that um, when people let down their guard of I have to be perfect, it has to be corporately right. You know, we spoke about this earlier in the, in the cafeteria. Uh, just be you. Be authentic. Be yourself. Um, people are really drawn to that. They're really 
um, that's what they want. And I, and I, saw, I tell to some of my social media clients, I'm like, we got to be raw here. Raw meaning when you're at the coffee shop, when you're out at the for dinner, just snap a photo. Oh, but my hair is not done. It's okay. Yeah. We all want to see the real thing, right? We all want to see the real you. So um, I love social media. Well, we have this love-hate relationship. <laughs> I want it so much for my work. Yeah. But I do really love it because it allows people to stay connected. Yeah. Um, and certainly through COVID, you know, whose grandma didn't learn how to use Zoom? Yeah. <laughs> whose grandmother doesn't know how to now start FaceTime? Um, so there's a lot of benefits to the online world and social media. But it's here to stay. And I think it's just making it authentically you yeah not just the curated versions of ourselves right yeah not with those happy highlights yeah fair enough I do want to get into um the way that we met which is 100 women who care so um for those who don't know what that organization is about could you share a little bit absolutely so the 100 women who care is a global movement and the essence or the idea of it is that 100 could be people gather for one hour three to four times per year and during those meetings you hear from charities in need they basically share a pitch or a presentation and tell you how they could use your collective donation and um, after the presentations which are only five minutes each so very very short um, we vote and that collective vote then um, determines who the winner will be and that charity will go home with up to ten or more than ten thousand dollars and the idea is it's one person donating one hundred dollars to the collective pot of ten thousand now some chapters are smaller So whatever that number is, 25, 50, 75, or larger. There are some that are 100 plus and are 200 or 250 women. And it's not just women. There are 100 people, 100 men, 100 kids, 100 teens. As I said, it's a global movement. And our chapter is one of many. Even in our local area, there's a lot of long-standing 100 women chapters like Oakville, Burlington, Caledon, um, York, who've done amazing things in their community to, to help raise funds and support the residents um, in our city or in their respective cities. Yeah. So why do you think this is a special organization to join? Like what makes it unique and why do, why do people want to join this versus all the other options? Yeah, you know what I really, what drew me into 100 Women is I'm a busy lady. You mentioned it. I've got a couple businesses. I've got three kids. They're all in multiple sports. Um, There isn't a quiet moment, but I knew I wanted to give back and I wanted to give to charity and I didn't really know who I was going to support. So I love that this is 100 Women is volunteer-led, member-driven. Members get to nominate and vote So there's some control there. It's not someone telling me who to give and when. It is a a part of that is I get to decide. So I love that it is an introduction to many charities in our community. And I know from our last giving circle, a number of the women um, are now volunteering at the Compass. They've heard about it. They attended that walkthrough they did. And they felt compelled to donate not just the money, but their time moving forward. So that's one thing. I love learning about different charities and having the ability to nominate and vote. I also love that it is low impact on my time. 
Again, being a busy person, being time-strapped, this is a great opportunity for you to give to a charitable organization with that one-hour meeting. So the Mississauga chapter meets three times per year. So that's three one-hour meetings, three hours, quarter one, quarter two, and then in quarter four. So it's a great opportunity for people who are busy, for sure. Yeah. If, a, if an organization in Mississauga wanted to be nominated, what, what requirements do they need to fulfill? So you have to be based in Mississauga. You have to be a registered organization, Canadian registered organization. You have to have an immediate need, something that needs to be filled now. So for example, our November charities could say, we're looking to support 20 families in Mississauga over the holidays with a meal, right? It has to be an immediate need. And um, we have to see that the money is going to be used for that need. A requirement is also that the organization does report back to us and let us know how they did use the funds. So those are just a few things, but we do have a long list of requirements on our website at 100womenwhocarethisisago.com. We do have a, a three-phased uh, approach to our vetting of these charities. We have a qualification, we have the vetting, and then an, a nomination phase. So um, a lot of work goes into, once we receive those nominations, making sure that the organization we give our collective donation to is legitimate. Um, they must also be able to provide each of our members an individual tax receipt. And... Um, uh, sorry, lost my train of thought there. <laughs> I think you covered a lot of them. That's good. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, Chrissy, I will definitely um, link the website and the information um, to the show notes here. So um, we'll definitely share it. If um, people want to join, can they attend the website as well? Like visit the website to, to get more information? For sure. And we have a couple of opportunities. You can go to 100 Women Who Care, Mississauga.com. You can click on our um, meetings tab. You can see the meetings that we have coming up. So as I mentioned, we have three um, what we call giving circles per year, and anyone can come. Anyone is welcome to come and visit, be our guest. We also have three info sessions per year. Everything we do, we try to record and uh, put up on our website. So if you go to the gallery, you're going to be able to see photos of recent events. You're going to be able to see recordings of the uh, info session so you can learn more. You can certainly call any one of us on the executive or send an email if you want to chat with someone personally. Um, but definitely come check it out. It's only an hour. You're welcome as my guest on November 9th. Um, to come visit us and see if it's what you what you'd like to be involved in. We're all about creating now a community within a community. We feel that um, we've got our bases down. We know what we're doing here as a chapter, and we're looking at bringing women in who really want to do some good and help out um, in our in our Mississauga in our fine city of Mississauga. Amazing. Yeah. No. We'll ch hopefully this will. Um get some more women out um, on November 9th and, uh, and to our future giving circles. So that's really great. Um, I did just want to touch on something that you said earlier. You were talking about, you know, your life and the kids' activities and being involved and running businesses and doing volunteer work. And, you know, I am always looking for tips on how to stay balanced um, because, you know, I have a lot of those types of things in my life. How do you do it? What do you do? What's your best tip for balance? Okay, so I don't think you have, I don't think any one person necessarily has balance every day, one day of their life. It is, how I look at it is, okay, this week, 
yep, I got a 12-hour day tomorrow, but then I have a two-hour day after that. And so I look at my week overall and make sure that there is balance there with the number of hours I spend working. And then also just making sure that I spread out the love. And okay, 100 women get some, mob get some. Now what about the kiddos? <laughs> making sure that we do take dedicated time, my husband and I, to have one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. time with each of our children. Um, each of these things that I do, the mob and 100 women, we, we actually say we have five kids. <laughs> we have three living, breathing kids. Um, and then these entities um, are also the children. And the, and the kids know that. And they help out as well. Mm -hmm. So balance isn't um, necessarily something that happens in a given day. But over the course of the week, I just make sure that, you know, and I include my own self-care in there too. Sometimes it doesn't always happen every week. But uh, balance is what you make it. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking to a, a lady earlier about passion and when you're driven and when you have such drive and passion for things it it just I don't know it just works <laughs> I wish I had a magic uh, you know solution and I just I don't really think it exists is what yeah. I'm saying yeah um so yeah do you do you ever have a lead like I don't I've never seen you not moving so what does a lead <laughs> moment look like for you I'm curious <laughs> You know, usually it's Friday night. Like, don't ever invite me to go out on Friday night. Fridays are like, we're having pizza. And I'm usually, I'm either on the couch and prepping for a Netflix binge. Or if we're at the cottage, if we're up north, I'm sitting out on the dock. Or I'm out on my kayak. Those would be my quiet moments. Um, I don't do well meditating. You know how some people say, oh, you know, wake up in the morning and meditate. I'm like, mm, doesn't work for me. <laughs> I do, however, get into a meditative state when I run. Mm. I find my, I get into a zone and, and I love that time where I've just forgotten about everything and my brain is just magically, you know, playing away. But um, I would have to say, yeah, I love movie nights, cuddle nights on Friday nights with the kids. Fair enough. Um, well, Christine, that's been so helpful, and it's been so great to talk to you about what do sound like your children, the way you speak about them, which is which is awesome. Um, the one question I ask everybody, because my love of home and home design, um, if you were building your dream home and money were no issue at all, what is one design feature you would include in that home? Well, as I told you the other day, I have it vividly laid out, but the one design uh, if there has to be a great room with like 14 or 20 foot, you know, uh, ceiling or sorry, glass windows and uh, a rock wall fireplace. Do you, do you mm, can you see it I in your mind? It. I can yeah, see it. Yeah, like our property, our forever property is going to be up north. And I just, I want this great big fireplace where we're all hanging out, my kids, their kids, our friends, family, and we're chatting, drinking, maybe some wine and having some cheese. And we're just, we're just happy. And we're just, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I can, I, it is very vivid. I can see I'm wondering what's out the window. Is there water out the window? Is there like one million percent? <laughs> We're a little bit high up. There is water. The kids have bunkies. We have about four bunkies on the property. Mm -hmm. um, my husband's a pilot, so he'd love to get his night uh, vision uh, license. And, you know, we'd love to have a float plane. Um, yeah, so I could go on. But in the house, it is that window and it is that fireplace. Amazing. Sitting around that comfy, comfy couch. We need a whole other podcast episode to get through <laughs> your whole vision, I think. <laughs> Um, but anyway, Christine Hall, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you and hear about these two fantastic organizations. Like I said, I will share in the show notes how um, some women out there can get involved and get some more information. 
That's awesome. Thanks so much. I've really enjoyed it. All right. Take care. And thank you to you for joining us here today on the Lauren Park Living Podcast. I am your host, Anuja Pereira. Be sure to subscribe so you can catch us next time when we get to hear the story of another difference maker of this community, making here such an incredible place to live. See you next time. Thank you.